0: Hello and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines with myself Gary Middleton and special guest today, former Manchester United player, coach, former FA national coach, developer and most recently head of Leicester City Academy player development, Paul McGuinness. Paul, it's great to have you on today. Oh, great
1: to be on, Gary, talking football, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Paul, well, just before we get uh, cracking with today's topic, which is the art of skill, do you just want to explain to everyone uh, a little bit about your career from from playing through to, to coaching? Uh, yes, I, yes, I think it is important to say I followed in my
1: dad's footsteps. My dad was uh, Busby Babe at Manchester United, uh, England International, broke his leg at 22, then became a coach, England youth coach. Uh, and then eventually man united manager and had a career in greece york hull Bury. so i was sort of steeped in that following him around and learning from him and and being immersed in football from an early age going into the clubs at 10 11 12 and joining him with the apprentices and then the professionals so, so probably my coaching career started sort of in my teens in, in a sense yeah. um and then i i had a chance to uh go to man united Uh, under Ron Atkinson had a couple of years there and then I decided to go to take a sports science degree at Loughborough University but also then came back to United under Sir Alex Alex Ferguson at the time he encouraged me to take my coaching badges so when I left um, after a couple of years he was encouraging me to go coaching then he brought me back on the staff part-time at first as an educational welfare officer then as the the um uh, well, not the Academy, then it was a Centre of Excellence director at a very early age. don't know how that happened, really. It's a bit of a mystery to me. But um, it led to, like, during that you know period when United were dominating for a long period, being on the staff there, being the assistant Academy director and the under-18 coach. Yeah. And then I had a few years at the FA, which was great, something completely different, learning from a lot of really good, talented people at the FA, and I'm and, and meeting a lot of people throughout football on the courses, going to clubs. Yeah. And then I had a short time at, at, at Leicester, but then I, I found I couldn't move because um, my dad has dementia now and I, I need his help support my mum. So I've I've moved back to the Manchester
0: area. Yeah, some great people at United in the days on the coaching staff. Uh, Jim Jim Curran and uh, Eric Harrison, great, great coaches, great men, great individuals.
1: Yeah, and probably a good partnership. Jimmy was the sort of like the trainer, sort of physio come trainer. The guy who was the buffer probably, he was really a, the guy who picked you up when you were down and, and so on. And, and Eric was really the very strong um, coach. He was teaching you life lessons for football. Um, in fact, you probably couldn't get away with saying this, Well, I, I remember hearing him say to a group of players, he said, forget your mum and dad now. I'm your mum and dad in football for the next two years, and I've got to teach you all the life <laughs> of a footballer, you know, so you've got a career. And he certainly did that. His coaching was fantastic. Um, so many memorable lessons from him. Uh, and it was always very clear, his coaching,
0: yeah. Yeah. Paul, looking at the modern game now, around the top leagues in the world, it's very noticeable the outstanding quality of skill that players have in all positions within the game.
1: Yeah, there's, there's really high levels, you know, I think there's some of those things that have come, come together, the pitches uh, have definitely made a, a difference in, in that and the practice and, the, uh, and and so on. But there's a really high skill level, you think, people playing their way out from the back now, right from the goalkeeper all the way up. The skill levels are incredibly high and precise. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's, it's great to watch and it must be great for kids. You know, when, when we were kids, you were searching around on a Saturday for St and Greavesy for some exotic thing of Hugo Sanchez doing overhead, overhead kicks at, 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 um, uh, at Real Madrid. But now you can get it on tap, you know, kids can watch it and try and emulate yeah. it. And it, I, mean, I do it all the time. It's, it's inspiring. I'm taking little clips and trying to pass them on and then explain to yeah. people, you know, how does it work? And trying to um, get, get the, both the players and the coaches attuned to the, to the real little details of how, how those skills work and how they might practice them, yeah.
0: Mm. Paul, you talk about the intimidation by skill. What do you mean by this?
1: Yeah, well, I picked a lot of these things up, as you know, going, you, you mix mixing with top, top people. And um, Jim Ryan used to use that. And I think it is all the top players, the top, the top teams. You see them sometimes in the tunnel, you think, you know, the old days when we were there at Anfield or United in the purple patch, or Man City now, they're looking down the tunnel thinking, will we beat before we get going if we're not careful? Because they've seen them already, how skillful they are. You know, you see the ball come out of the air, 60-yard pass, and Mares can trap it with the outside of his foot and beat the guy in one touch. Um, you know, De Bruyne, uh, Silva, uh, people like, you know, all the top players you think of Man City have just had and been dominating the last few years. Um, and, and the whole idea of the game is to gain advantage so that you can get the ball to flow up the pitch and, and make it go in their net. And, and basically, the, the top players, one of the ways they gain advantage is they gain advantage by the fact their skills are too good for you to get close to them, really, both attacking and defending. So, yeah, that's the phrase and where it comes from, intimidation by skill. You're, it's a game of trying to, um, you know, gain advantage. And of course, Jim used to, I've got a good picture I use with it. It's the one, remember the one with Paul Gascoigne and Vinnie Jones. Yeah, he's like leaning into him and Vinny's grabbing him where he shouldn't be grabbing him. <laughs> and, it, and Paul Gascoigne's face, his eyes are popping out of his head. And that was intimidation by aggression and so on. Well, I think that's more going out of the game because of the way the rules are interpreted now. Mm. So now it's a case of intimidation by skill. And the photo I use for that, I don't know if you've seen it, is that one with... With Maradona, and there's about seven players in front of him, and, and he's he's about to take them all three, and they look all of them look scared to death. Yeah,
0: <laughs> is coaches Paul developing them key one v one techniques? You know that's so important in this day in the game, isn't
1: it? I think I think it's always been important, but you know you're trying to get control of the game um, with with your team play and everything. And it, it means that every individual really needs to be able to control their opponent uh, with individual skills. And 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 if you're a defender with, you know, defensive skills. Um, so in that sense, yeah, 1v1 skills are, are vital to develop. Um, and there's a whole load of ways of doing it from just you're on the ball yourself, ball manipulation, ball against the wall, all those things so that you have mastery of the ball. Um, but then there's knowing then, um, you might have mastery of it, but you've now got to apply that against your opponent. Um, and as I say, I, I'm using a bit of a thinking tool now. We want to flow towards the goal or we want to beat our opponent. So, a real important skill for me, we used to get this playing in the playground every before, at break, at lunchtime, you know, primary school and after school was Wembley or World Cup. So, it's one against seven or eight so you really had to have control of that ball because you got to try and beat one, beat another, try and shoot. So that game made you do it. And the skill you, you got, or some of the skills you got were you had to drag and keep the ball close to you. So I'm talking about dragging like a, a little bit like a crab. Or you see from the old days up in the northeast, you'd have Waddle doing that, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah. Waddle yeah. and
1: Beardsley and 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 um, Gazza yeah. and people yeah. like that. And they're dragging the ball. And then that gives them if If the chance to dodge, go one way and go the opposite way. So that's using opposite flow to beat the opponent. Now, the next step, the next level in that, of course, is to be able to do it and look up at the same time. And you had to do that. It made you do it in in Wembley or World Cup because you had to try and spot where the goalkeeper was. Where's the chance to shoot? Kind of bend it around them. So you got to drag, drag and dodge, but looking up. And then you can start to say, or maybe drag, drag, dodge, Go to, go to shoot and faint. So all those little skills come out. But the, the, I say the, the technique, the, the Maradona turn or the, the Dragon Dodge, the Matthews or the, the um, Cruyff turn, they might be the weapons. But your real tactics are the changing of direction, taking them into one space to leave another and go. The timing, the change of speed, they're the tactics you use. You know against your opponent so yeah they'd be just some of the things you're looking for in one v one development yeah
0: and would you say that you know that unstructured practice as you just mentioned you know going back a number of years then games of wembley young players were learning themselves Mm -hmm. there's room for them to come back into coaching practices
1: yeah, there's always um, – I've got a great book about this a guy. He's a, he's a musician more than anything. And he talks about – talk people talk a lot about free play. but Even in Wembley, there's quite a lot of structure. There's the goals. You know where you are. You're combined by a certain area of the pitch. You know, and, and yeah. it's going to – you know that there's going to be repetition. And then there's the number of players. means that there's a certain amount of structure – so the intention of what you've got to do gives it a structure, but then there's a certain amount of freedom then to go about it the way you want to. And that's the same with probably all practice, you know. So say kicking the ball, kicking the ball, learning how to kick the ball. Most, player, most people learn that either in pairs with, with a friend or, or against the ball. Hours and hours against the wall. And that was my dad growing up said, well, uh, the great coach at, um, at Man United at that time was Jimmy Murphy who took over when the air crash happened. He was the Welsh international manager, but he was the youth team coach for the Busby Babes When they won five youth teams, in a, uh, youth cups in a row at the start, he was the coach. So the story goes, he left He left my dad behind the, um, a bit where the big tunnel is now, players tunnel at, uh, at Old Trafford. There's an area there, like a, a big triangular area. And he told my dad to practice against the wall, practice with your left foot, get it better. And he said he'd come back and see him in a bit. Well, he forgot, he forgot all about him. And he went back two hours later, my dad was still there. And he said, bloody hell, Wolf, you know, with that with that determination, you know, I'm going to really push you now. Because he'd he just not stopped for two hours. And people often say, you know, there's these theories, isn't there, from, I think it was Ericsson, deliberate practice. Oh, it's sometimes boring, this practice. It's repetition. I never once found kicking a ball against the wall boring. Because if you do it properly, you're making new games up, new challenges, you're trying it in a certain way. So there's the freedom to practice against the wall, but then there's a certain structure to it because you have to have the the technique and it has to be structured as well. But the better technique you get, the more playful you can be because you've got more opportunities, you know? Mm. So I don't know how much kids now who go to academies or don't go to academies, how much they practice against the wall. But I would suggest this sort of practice, get five to 10 yards opposite the wall. Make a target on the wall at the bottom of the wall, six inches, six by six inches, like where a ball would be or a foot by a foot. You can make it bigger depending on your standard. Then draw a line with chalk, straight back, five, six, eight, ten 10 yards. Then put a circle around yourself and then say, I'm going to set, and first of all, I'm going to hit the ball down the line to hit that spot. So I've got to hit it straight. And then you can work around the sort of like the circle in a clock. So you can go to five past, 12, 10 past, quarter past, so on. And now you can try and hit the ball for the spot. Now you're varying your practice, but you're still trying to hit the spot. So now you'll find if you get to square on, it's like Beckham bending a free kick and He's going to bend that ball. And if it hits the wall, you've hit a lot, lot of spin on it. You'll actually spin back the reverse way, like a snooker shot. And you find and you find all those things. Now, if you yeah. keep if you go to like now 20 past, you're you're actually facing the wrong way. So now you've got a reverse pass. You've got to hit a reverse pass there. So you you actually learn it now when it gets to twelve twelve o'clock, it's got to be a back heel, you know. So you it's all yeah. different ways you can practice even against a wall. Get round to the left-hand side, you can play with the outside of the foot, the front of the foot, you can do a Rabona. So there's so many different ways to practice. And then you can test yourself by having, well, how many out of 10 did I hit the spot with? Did I hit the target? And this, this takes me back, if you're thinking to skill development, it's great to have skill development, kicking a ball against the wall, which a really good academy. Um, and they, what they do is before all the sessions, they have them ball striking against the wall, against the wall, or they, they had boards there. So I said, I this is good. It's really good. They're striking with the laces. They're having to point their toe. So I said to this lad, where where are you aiming for? And he said, the the wall. And I said, yeah, but whereabouts? He said, the boards. I said, whereabouts on on the boards? Well, the middle. I said, well, whereabouts? He said, no, let's, let's aim for this crack between the two boards. Let's have a game. So I went, bang, 1-0, I'm winning. <laughs> and then. But now, if you have the target, now you can correct yourself. I missed to the left. Did I pull it? Was it my – did I set it up more to the right or the left? Whereabouts on the ball did it hit? So now you can give yourself feedback. And now that's real. You're developing yourself um, through skills. And that, Gary, that one um, really got – got uh, sort of drummed home to me when I was 40, 14 years of age. I went to, I used to go to games with my dad, pro games, watching them. And he'd always be in the director's box. There'd be a lot of coaches or managers there or scouts. And he'd talk and I'd listen to them. And this one was on a Friday night at Stockport County. I'll never forget it. And they're all talking. And then this guy turned to me. And I didn't know who he was at the time. But I found out later as a guy called Peter Doherty he played for Man City in the 30s, forties, and um, he was the Northern Ireland manager as well in the nineteen fifty eight World Cup. And he was at the time like the Kevin De Bruyne of the time, really skillful player. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, "Do you want to be a player, son?" And I'm only fourteen, looking up at this guy. You know, I'm like, I said, "Yeah, I'd really love to be a player. I do." And uh, and he said, oh, "I'll give you one bit of advice." And he said to me, and I've never forgotten, he said, never kick a ball aimlessly. And that practice I've just described is it, you know, mm-hmm. put a line down, know where you're hitting it, aim for that spot. And now you can, because that translates to the game. You don't just pass it to the winger. Do you pass it to his back foot? Do you pass it in front yeah. of him? Do you pass it to his right foot, his left foot? Do you pass it inside the full back? Do you smooth it out on the ground? Is it the right weight? So all those things that... Uh, it's a quote from Wenger. Technical empathy, calls it. You know, you you could mm. say, well, what does the guy receiving it want? So you're sending a message with that yeah. pass. There's so much more to a pass than just kicking it over towards him. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, Paul. When we talk about the art of skill, disguise comes <clears> out. <throat> um, the art of disguise. Yeah. You know yeah. whether that's whether that's his, whether that's the skill to go past someone or the other, the the, 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 the no look pass. You know that yeah. disguise to deceive the defenders.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, the guy I worked with at Man United, who was brilliant on this stuff, was Jim Ryan. He'd been a player in the sixties. He was in the nineteen sixty-eight European Cup squad. He played with George Best. He was very skillful himself. He would join in the training and do skillful things. And he had a great little phrase for it he just said disguise. It. it's small late movements so you've seen a lot of people that when they sing a disguise they, they exaggerate their movement mm-hmm. But really the movement's got to look like a pass but look like one pass you create an illusion like a magician you create an illusion with your body language and everything your eyes it's there and then you turn it around that corner or you at the very last second before they've got time to change or you go to shoot the guy comes up to block it, you go to shoot and then you faint, take it to the side. so there's yeah, disguise like that is, is something that's probably not taught at all or they've either got it or they haven't got it and if some people have, have noticed what other people do memory, that was another one for when I came, came back from Greece, I hadn't played a lot of football, started playing in the playground, St Hugh's Primary in, in Timpley, in Manchester and um, there was a kid called Tom O'Connor. And he had the, you know, the little black pumps with no laces in, the elastic on. He used to play in, in the playground with them. And he used to do as if he's going to pass it or shoot, and he'd, like a V, do like the drag back. Oh, it was deadly, you know? But it looked um, it looked just like that. So I used to copy him. So you're lucky if you've got someone to copy. But coaches can, can encourage it. They can teach it. They need to just attune their players uh, to the idea. Give them that idea. It's small, late movement. So you're not exaggerating it, but you're just fooling them with a slight of foot or body. Um, and you can do it before the ball arrives. So I can make it look like I'm going to have a pass and then it run past me at the last second. So everybody reads the pass and then you just take it or you control it late. You can let it run. You can have it in possession where you make it look as though you're going to receive and play it one way and then just control it across your body the next. So, or as if you're going to shoot. That was uh, Paul's goals all the time, as if he was going to hit a long pass. And the guy goes like this, he tries to block, and then he just takes it there. So the disguise before, or you can have disguise on as if you're going to shoot or and then chop it back. I mean, But to do that, you've got to have really good technique to make it look authentic. So that one of the best ones ever, remember him, Peter Beagry. And Waddle was great, yeah. wasn't it, from the North East. Yeah. Go to cross it with his right, chop it back, go to cross it with his left, chop it back. Well, you need good technique because it's got to look authentic. So, yeah, you have to do that. Um, and then you can have disguise after you've played it. So I can play a one-two around you. Start to run, side of you to the right. And then you turn and look at the ball and then I can change my run and go the opposite way. Or, of course, you can have disguise on the ball, but off the ball, where you might make a run to come short and then go long or long to go short. So you've got all that type of thing. You can even have disguise with your eyes. So you make it look as the ball's coming in. You turn and look before it comes. I'm just going to play it there to my left. And then as it comes, I just take it over to the right. So they all read my eye gaze. Um, you know, that's a good one for goalkeepers because forwards, forwards are looking all the time and they'll gamble early. So there's, yeah, there's a whole load of do- ways of doing disguise. Um, just the most simple way to practice it is, again, you can do it against a wall or, or, or just with a partner. You just pass the ball nice and slow, uh, not too quick, uh, with the inside of the foot. Pass it, pass it, pass it, and then at the very last second, put your foot on the ball. So the signal is just the same. Your foot's coming along here, you know, along, and then, oh, you just put your foot on the top. So it looks just the same. So you get the idea then of it. And then the next one, you might say, well, you put your foot on it, and then you drag it away, you know. Or you can, instead of putting your foot on it, you pull your leg away and let it come across your body. And you can do that in pairs and threes, just to start with, and um, to make it look as though you're making a pass. Then you can be on the ball, maybe in a three, where you control it as if you're going to take it and play it across my body with my right foot, but then I put my foot on the top and drag it back. So they using the sole of the foot is a good introduction to the idea um, in lots of ways. I can go as if I'm going to shoot, put my foot on it and turn back out. So it's a good way of getting the disguise. I can go to play a pass, but then roll my foot over the top of, the, of it and drag it into my path and play it with my left foot. So there's all those little ways of doing it, it on your own. You're just getting the idea over, and the idea has to be of course, you don't do that like six yards away from the guy. you need to let the guy come close to you so he thinks he's getting it, and then you get it. And a nice little warm-up game to do that with, again, is use your sole foot. So they need to have the option to play ball off first time. So you can play one touch, but also at some point in receiving it, manipulating it, moving it, or passing it, or pretending to pass it, you must use the sole of your foot in possession. And you start to get, oh, no, no, you've done it too far away. You've got to let the guy get close and really sell the dummy, you know. It's got to look yeah. like a pass. And then you can make it more free, your game, just play free. But you say, we're looking for that, you know. Yeah. Because part of it is they've not got to know it's going to happen, you know.
0: Yeah. All that probably links in nicely with the with the next theme I was going to discuss with you was around timing.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and whether that's the timing of the, the run, the movement, Timing of the past.
1: Yeah. Well, again, I can remember Sir Alex years ago saying timing is the most difficult thing to teach. And it is because you've got to coordinate with other people and so on. Yeah. Um, but then Jim Ryan had he had some great sayings. And I think it's probably our timing could be a lot better. And especially if you're trying to if you're trying to entice people, and we often don't let the people come close enough to us. So. There's a few sayings that we used over the years. Again, Jim Ryan, he used this a lot. He said, the best players have the arrogance of timing. So a lot of people, oh, you don't want to... Arrogant in football it's not good. But you've got to remember that one that part of your advantage is showing the other people that you're better than them. (laughs) You know, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And the arrogance here is, well, I'll decide on the timing. And you can come as close as you want. In fact, I'm going to bring you close. And then I'll suck you in and then I'll play it around the corner, I'll play a little one-two, or that's when I'll turn and you'll go flying past me. So that's the idea of the arrogance of timing. And we had it was a good uh well, he did a he did a presentation, Michael Carripon on it as well. And he had the top racing drivers, rugby players, and he'd interviewed them as well. And they talked about the same, same sort of thing. You know, it's um, sometimes it's instinctive the last second but quite often it can be pre-planned and they've got a process for doing it for sucking you in you know so the, the the racing drivers might have a process for sort of pre-planning it three three laps out and waiting for this particular corner and then they'll dive in there they'll get close uh, when you're not expecting it so um that's part of the disguise is is is, is doing it when it's not expected um But, yeah, Michael had a nice saying, "Is like, get close to the fire without getting burned. So how close can you go to the guy, you're running at them to play a one-two, so you might commit them, how close are you going to get? One of the things that helps you get closer is if you play with the front foot, and you play with the front of the foot, outside of the foot, front of the foot, rather than the back foot. Because if you play with the back foot, they can see it coming, and now they can... Whereas if you're playing with the front foot, it's like you're running with the ball, and you... You disguise it in your stride, the pass. It could be you're touching it forward to yourself, but then bang, you flick it out and you play off the front foot. So there's disguise in that as well. Um, but yeah, you, you, you're playing with the disguise and the timing. And um, you see the top level teams are doing it. They're enticing them at the back to come in and then playing through them. You could now uh, Brighton are doing it with the centre-halves. So they put their foot on the ball. They wait for you to come. When you get a couple of yards away, they play a pass, bump, bump. Now in this country we've not had that as much because maybe because of the pitches for one, that weren't were really heavy in the in the days, um, and uh, all levels, junior levels and everything, and also the interpretation of the rules meant that really quite often you were allowed to to be, as we say, on the borderline all the time. Whether you kick the guy or you kick the ball, you know you we've studs up flying in. And it was like, good tackle, well done. Um, so that probably stopped us drawing people in as much because you, you, you're more likely going to get whacked. Um, whereas now I think there's more of a leeway to say, well, yeah, you, you come steaming in like that. If I hold it for the right amount of time, and that might be first time I might play it or I might hold it, hold it, hold it, now play, then, then that can suck the mean. And then that's the opposite flow they're running towards you and you play it past them and run the other way or you, you take it to the side you can think of Paul Scholes doing this or you know, the top players take the guy to the side and then play it around the corner with the outside of your foot you're going opposite flow they're flowing past you it's like a game of tags really mm. um so opposite flow would be important that for that timing and say the timing of fan running down the line you're chasing me you know I've got to wait if I just turn I, if I don't wait to the right time, let you get close. It's important to let them get close, and then you put your foot on the ball and turn. And then he goes flying past you. But if you do that too soon, he can stick a leg out and get the ball, or so on. And another way to do that is to yeah. add disguise as if you're going to cross it. So now the guy reaches out with his foot to block it, and now you do a, an outside hook or a, or now the timing. Then that's the arrogance of timing. You like you leave yeah. them on the floor really. Um, yeah. So that's the idea behind it, yeah.
0: I suppose a good example of that, um, the present game is Phil Foden,
1: <coughs> yeah,
0: City in England. Man City, Man City got
1: all of that, yeah. yeah. Mahrez, Foden, yeah. Um, uh, De Bruyne, Gundogan. Um, at the back, they do it really well. The goalkeeper does it well. They, they entice them in, the goalkeeper, and then they play it past them. So I, I think it's a big area, an opportunity for English football to develop. We have got players who can do it, but we, it's not in our uh, probably cultural mix. It does. It's more like get stuck into them and get powerful. Whereas in the Latin countries, they are more looking for those things. But it's, it's another opportunity for us to catch up and link those really clever players together um, and, and to make it another weapon in our armoury, yeah.
0: Yeah. Paul is coaches. Um the skills that we've discussed there would there's a lot of them skills that we work on within one v one dual environments. What sort of practices could we put together? Is it the smaller formats? We're going to get lots of repetition of disguise. Yeah. And should we be doing that throughout the phases? You know right yeah, in the you should never stop
1: doing that because you need to yeah. keep refining it. the higher level you go, the better you've got to be at it and so on. So it needs to be all the way through. Um, so in a sense it's, you've got you've got ways of looking at the game. and uh, there's a lot of things. football's it's a simple game, but it's a lot of complexity to it as well. So a lot of people, I think in the last few years have been looking at um, the full game. So if you we've got a they used it on the FA. Graham Carrick used it as a nice diagram. He nicked it off some Portuguese academic or something. But it's like it's like the full pitch, eleven v eleven. Now you're looking at the different thirds, looking at attacking, defending. You look at all those things, transition. Okay, that you're going to study that, and then you're going to see on formations. You going to see do they have a high press? Do they block? How do they how do they defend? How do they attack? You know all those things, and then you know, they're going to play four, three, three, against five, three, two, and. All. That's important. You know it's really important. You've got to know that as a coach. There's one layer of the game, so you're looking through that lens of that. But then you've got to turn the lens, and you've got to go now into groups, threes and fours and fives units, vertical units. So you've got the full back, the midfield player, the winger. How do they interact? Um, you, you've got the forwards, you've got the defenders, so you, you're looking at groups. And then you go zoom in even more to look at the real jewel of the 1v1 jewel and you get really good at that this is the work we did on underneath on, on the microscope we've got a little mental model to sort of guide um, observation skills uh, which i think is useful it's good um, but also uh, within that you, you, you look at that individual but you, it's hard to take it out of context one against one on its own because it's never 1v1, uh, somebody else is always affecting it. So one of the ways we just talked about it, to beat someone with 1v1 is timing, to suck them in and play a one 2 So you, you need a supporting player or to pretend to play uh, across or what have you and to, and to beat them because you've used disguise there. So actual 1v1 just on its own, yeah, it's got uses, but better if you're in smaller groups and the thing about smaller groups 3v3 4v4 5v5 6v6 is it gives you a a regular a repetition of certain patterns and certain certain um, uh, regular occurrences you know that you want so it might be it lets you decide on uh, enti- learn about enticing and committing and you know, we're going to draw them onto us and play around them? Or are we going to go and attack them and play a 1v2, 2v1 and, and slide them in? And, and you, you can get lots of repetition. Out. It's only when you're getting really good at that that you should move up the levels, you know, because you don't yeah. get enough of that happening in 11v11 to get the practice.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Paul. Paul, what would be your top three tips to coaches on how we can develop our players around the art of skill?
1: Well, you're talking a lot of things skill both attacking and defending skills um one of the first things i, I talked about was um when i went to their affairs we've got to have a way of getting people's attention drawn to what skill is and, and, uh, and what is it so that's why we did this model under the microscope and and, and within it um there's sort of like a checklist of six things to look at so this positioning skillful positioning and body orientation which makes a big difference you know Then it's scanning. Where do they scan? How often do they scan? You know, you can't can't be skillful without knowing what you're going to do next and so on. So scanning, then it's movement. So that's speed of movement, stop, start, change of direction, change of speed, change of rhythm. But then it's the different footwork, different body work, all those things. So you need to look at that. Then there's these elements of disguise that maybe people have not been thinking about so much before the ball comes, during, so on. Small, late movements, body language, Simulating one movement, but but make an illusion of one movement and then doing another and then there's the timing and then there's all the various techniques and in in that sense, that's how you connect with the ball using those things. It's how you disconnect from your, your opponent and also how you connect with your teammates, you know, so that's really important. So when we look at skill, we've got individual skill, but no, no, it's always a connection with your teammate you know so the big thing to look at in terms of skill now as well is what's the connections you know how skillful are the connections so if I'm if if the ball is going out to the right back how do I prepare the space to receive the ball so on so if I run straight over towards him I've killed the space I've killed the angle the guy marking me so as the ball's going over I'm going to move away But he already knows from my – he's looking at my body language and then at the right moment, I'll time it to come back. Now I'll lose my marker with a little bit of opposite flow. He's still going that way. I check back. Now, how do I check back? Do I run straight at him? No, i have to come off side on and on an angle. So now I can see the guy's head. I can see if he's coming or not, and I'm giving a clear signal. But I need to come off quick because a lot of the time the signal – do you want it or don't you? Yes. Give him a quick three or four yards. Give it me. And then if he plays me the right way a pass, I might be able to turn straight away or not. He'll see if the, the defender's coming. The defender's coming to me. Yeah. Now, if he comes to me, I, I know now I can maybe dr- drag him in a little bit more, play the pass back to the fullback, and I've opened up the passing lane to the centre forward. He's doing the same thing now. He's moving away. He comes off. The ball goes up to the centre forward. I start my run. The defender turns, my defender turns look at the ball. And as he turns look at the ball, I make another angle the opposite way. So here's all the little pieces of skills we've got to be looking at that you build up step by step. So in that, a common mistake would be the midfield player doesn't run away. So he's already killing his space. The ball goes to the full back. He runs towards him. He kills the passing lane. The, 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 the um, defender comes with him and blocks him. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now, the next level is he comes off on an angle and he knows he's doing one or two things. He's either getting the ball free or he's dragging his man out of the passing line and now he's created a space to go to the centre forward. So, they see these little steps in the levels of skills that they need to know. Yeah, I don't know what the question was now, Gary <laughs> <Got it> over <laughs> Brilliant, the question, Brilliant. The question, you know, that was the yeah. first part of the answer. First of all is you've got to know your stuff. You've got to have a <laughs> mechanism for observing step by step. And that's what, you know, I'd recommend them to look on the courses now. Those six steps are, it's not the way yeah. to do it. It's just an example of a process whereby you can see what's going on. And then from that, you start to analyze why do you do that? Well, I come off on an angle to create the space or so on. And then probably the last thing I would say is always, it's like the standard of it. You know, what's the standard? And the standard has to be, really, you have to aim for the best. Um, You know, you can't let people off. If he bobbles the ball to the guy, well, that's no good because if he plays a pass smooth, as the ball's coming, I can look over my shoulder again. If he bobbles it, I can't. I've got to look at the ball. So all the little details make a difference and that's where we go back to the one before peter doherty which is um never kick a ball aimlessly you know have that real aim in what you're doing yeah, yeah.
0: paul it's been a pleasure to speak to you dear uh, many thanks for sharing your expertise and knowledge around the art of skill and we do have you coming up to the northeast to deliver a practical coach to coach workshop on the art of skill on thursday the 4th of may so everyone listening in please look on the on our media channels and website to book on as soon as possible because uh, places will go very quickly. Um, Paul, once again, thanks very much for coming on today.
1: Thanks, Gary. I really enjoyed it. Thanks. I'm looking forward to that on the 4th of May. It'd be really good. We'll get some of the pass and run. We'll get some uh, enticing commit. We'll get some the arrogance of timing. We'll get all that going and small late movements. We'll, we'll try and show all those things. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Thank you.